Welcome to the Ohio Ministry Network podcast. The following audio was recorded at the 2014 Synergy Conference held in Gahanna, Ohio at Pathway Church. For more information, please visit our website, ohioministry.net. Cool. So who was here in the first session? Can I see your hands just so I have an idea? Okay, good, good. About half, good. Okay. Uh, thanks, Mom. Appreciate you being here. Okay. That's all I need. It's my mom back there. No. Uh, <laughs> cool. So uh, we're going to kind of debrief a little bit um, what we did in the first service. We'll do it kind of quick. And then we're going to kind of share a little bit more um, kind of how we set up our service, how we run our services, how we run our events. And I really want you guys to be thinking of some questions. We might even ask you guys questions of even where you guys are at in your church and maybe how some of this stuff can be implemented into what you guys do. So just to kind of help you guys. I would rather this be an open Q&A than me just get up here and talking and talking talking. Because let me tell you, my dad's a pastor, my brother's a pastor. I am now a pastor, kind of, but uh, I'm not the speaking pastor. I'm the support guy. I get to be behind the scenes. Yet here I am talking to people in front up here. Anyways, I don't know how that worked out. That's how God works, right? So, uh, so I would rather have this kind of be a little bit more open dialogue. Um, I know last one we really kind of went through a ton of information. I know that they got some stuff, and we can kind of chat through a couple of those things. Um, but again, I'd rather have this a little bit more Q&A, and we can talk through services and those kinds of things. So uh, team approach um, and even some media on a budget, what that can look like for your church, some things that we've done that worked for us, what didn't work for us, so we can save you guys that pain. So, um, cool. First, I know I didn't do it a little bit last time. Um, I'll just share a little bit about me and the panel. Um, I was, uh, I come from the video world, so I used to work in Washington, D.C. I used to do a lot of filming, so who remembers the, the Geico Caveman? Come on, commercials. Anybody? Three of you. No, okay, there's a little bit more of that. Yeah, so I was one helping film those. So I was with a company. Geico was a big client. We used to do stuff. Um, I got to shoot some stuff in the White House and a lot of uh, high-end corporate stuff there. So I kind of come from the video field. Uh, I always knew I had a calling in my life, but I I needed some experience. So I wanted to kind of get out and kind of see what that looked like. Um, And then um, I was there for quite a few years. I came back to Ohio and was the um, media director for the Ohio Ministry Network. So I used to help run their events. Um, I used to create all the media for that, do some of the promo stuff and things like that. And now, for the past year, almost to the day, I am the creative director at C3 Church in Pickerington. So who knows Pastor Conan? Who knows he's my brother? Now you do. So there you go. So I landed that job pretty easy because he's been, no, I'm just kidding. It was actually harder, let me tell you guys, okay? It was tough. It was a tough, tough thing. Brings back nightmares. Uh, But yeah, so I I work for him now, which means I went from a support role, okay? So I went from a role of creating all the media. I went from a role of being that behind the scenes kind of guy, like no one really knew who I was, but I got to create all the visuals and everything like that, where now I'm over worship and media and lighting and video and all these different things, anything that has to do in the sanctuary on Sunday, that is now my responsibility, which is way bigger than I am, which is crazy uh, for the size of church we are. And I, I really realize a lot of things. There is no possible way that I can do this without a team. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, so I've been there for a year and a half. Um, it's been an incredible journey for me, a ton of growth. And I'm going to share a little bit of that with you. Um, I've been in some churches growing up. My dad was a pastor, so I've been in church a lot. But of how it's changed and even the culture of what our church is is a little bit different um, and kind of how we've kind of worked through that. Uh, But I want to introduce, this is Dustin Poole. He is the creative director at One Church in New Albany, Ohio with Pastor Greg Ford. So they are doing some incredible things. Uh, Do young hype. They do crazy busy stuff. I mean, yeah, their marketing is absolutely ridiculous. So we're gonna, he's going to kind of share a little bit about some of the things that they do uh, that's been really kind of key for them. Um, and then we have Miriam Ford. She is one of my amazing volunteers at C3 Church. Uh, she is in marketing for a living, which is awesome. So she helps with strategies for our social media. She helps with overall everything. I always come to Miriam, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And she just throws out crazy ideas that I would have never thought of. So it's really kind of cool. And I'm sure she'll talk a little bit about this, how we are complete opposites, okay? But yet we really complement each other in how we work together. And we got each other's back. And my goal is to help set her up for success. And her goal is to watch my back and set me up for success too, which is really kind of cool. She comes from a little church uh, in Australia called Hillsong. Who's ever heard of Hillsong? Okay. So they run about, what, 30,000, 40,000? I don't know. 
Yeah, a lot of people. So uh, she was one of their producers. She did some really high-end stuff for them, helped with their albums, done some incredible stuff. And guys, she was at our church for eight months, and we didn't even know she was there, right? That's on me, okay? That's on us that we had an incredible, talented person in our audience, in our congregation that we had no idea about because we did not create the team impact. We did not create the opportunity for her to use her gifts that God has given her. And we didn't, yeah, we did not go out looking for her. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So I appreciate them being here. They're going to kind of help take and and talk about a few things. but I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about that. Uh, I know in the last session, we talked a little bit about team and how that it's worked for us. And that I've realized that um, when I was out begging for people to be part of our team, nobody wanted to be part of that. Because nobody wants to be part of a losing team, okay? Not that it's losing, but when they look over and they see complete chaos, as we like to call it, dumpster fires, right? We, always, we even have a picture of a dumpster fire that we send each other if something bad happens. Here's a dumpster fire. Actually, my boss sends it to me all the time. But anyway, so, so we have this dumpster fire, um, but nobody wants to be part of that. So how do you create an environment that people are excited, that people are like, I, w- I want to be part of that team? And, and this has been huge for me because when we first got on, and I know uh, when, we, when I first came on, um, we use over 160 volunteers a week per service right now. Now that's a lot. I know that's like crazy, but like, that's a lot of people to try to get, and a lot of people to try to get on your teams, okay? And I, the vision of our pastor is church planting, okay? And we planted seven churches in 2013, and we gave away over 200 of our people. And when I say 200, I mean these were like our most dedicated volunteers that we had. These people were the ones, they were there throughout the week. They were there on Sundays. They were our tithers. They were, I mean, they were, they were our like most dedicated. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, whatever you needed, they would jump in and do that. And, but now obviously they're out and other churches doing some incredible things. So here I was coming in. We just planted all these churches and I'm sitting here and all of the volunteers that we had were gone. Okay. And it was my job to come in and say, woohoo, come be part of our team. We need you. And our church is made up of a lot of very unchurched people. They've never been to church in their life. So to them, they're like, man, I work 40 some hours a week. You're going to come up here and say, you want me to volunteers, so you want me to do this, this, and this, and this on top of what I do? You think that's what I want to do? Ah, so this is the turmoil that is going on in my heart, okay? And I'm like, every week, I'm either running camera, or I'm running media, or I'm doing all the things that I'm trying to fill up and fill the gap, and was not doing what I was called to do, which was to help with the overall service, to see the overall flow, to be creative with all these different things, because I was so worried about trying to fall, to try to find volunteers. And it finally hit me. I think God had to slap me around a little bit, but I realized that nobody, like I say, nobody wants to be part of a losing team, but if you invest in your people, if you add value to them, okay? And I'm not saying that you have to give them a ton of money and send them to every, you know, conference that's out there. But when you show them that, hey, I want you to come and run our media, and you know what? Here's the computer, and you know what? This hurt, but I've invested a little bit more into what this machine can do. So you're not going to get up there, and this thing is going to freeze, and then everybody's going to turn and look at you and blame you for the words not going on the screen when they should, okay? And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to train you properly. I'm going to make sure that we have people that's going to talk to you people that's going to train you and give you opportunity and teach you new skill sets that maybe you didn't even know you had. Because who runs PowerPoint for a living? Not many people. Who runs sounds for a living? There's not many people. But you know what? I'm going to give you that opportunity, and I'm going to make sure that you are trained properly for that. And then I'm going to love on you. I'm going to show you that you are more valuable to us. And when you walk into this room, nobody's going to say anything negative about anybody. This is our team. This is our group, man. We, you know... (laughs) As I, our vision of what our creative team is, we create environments for people to experience life change. Okay, everything we do is around that. And if someone comes in and they're judged or they show up and everybody's like, oh, you weren't here on time, so I had to do your job. What's wrong with that? No, uh, listen, I'll be having a strict talking to right after that service, really, really quick about that. But that's not who we are. That's not what we do. And when we create this environment and they're like, what's going on over there in the creative department? I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that worship team that looks like they're up there worshiping, man. They're up there, they're up they're engaging with the audience. They're up there worshiping with God. I want to be part of that, that team that's up in the booth. They look like they're having a good time, but man, when service starts, they are on. They are focused. They are nailing their transitions. They are talking. They are doing all these things, but when I'm up there, you know, and here's the most beautiful thing that I've experienced with creating a team like this is I remember walking up and finding out 
Sunday after the service that there was like three humongous dumpster fires that could have shut the whole service down. But I didn't even know about it. I was out loving on people and doing whatever it is I was doing at the time. I don't even remember. But all I know is my team stepped up to the plate because they weren't just, I'm just the PowerPoint guy. You know what? I just press these buttons. No, you know what? You're team leader. You know what this means? I'm adding value to you. You are bigger than this. You are part of this team. And when something happens, you need to step up and take this. I'm not raising up little followers that they're going to be like, I'm going to do this and go home. This is the talent that God has given you. This is the talent that, that we're being able to give, and you're giving back to God. Okay, that's what this is. So they all take this. You know what? We're a team. I'm going to step up to the plate. If something happens, then we all jump in and we do whatever we have to do to make that happen. But we built this team. I've had to, we, we've had to create a whole new culture within our church based on this. I no longer have to go and beg for people. Okay, I got people coming out of the woodwork. I just found out last week, I had a guy just sign up and he's like, man, I'm really excited to be part of this team. Hey, what do you do? Well, you know, I went to school for video and I, I work at the Apple store. Are you kidding me? I'm a Mac guy. We could have been besties for like who knows how long. How long have you been coming here? Oh, about a year and a half. Are you kidding me? Like you've been coming here a year and a half and I didn't know about this? Like how is that even possible? How is Miriam sitting in our audience for eight months? Eight months and no one has tapped into her. And what is her? I didn't think you guys needed me. I just didn't think that what I had, what skills that I had was, was good for what you guys wanted. Oh, that hurts my heart. Okay, so when I say team approach, these are the things, these are the people that is in your audience that you guys don't even know about. And how do you find that? How do you go out there and search for that? That's the biggest thing. That's the thing. And even with my team, I just did, um, I pulled in my, my uh, team that works with me, worship leader, different people, and I made them do the Strength Finder 2.0. You guys ever done that before? Okay, Strength Finder 2.0. Okay, so, because I'm like, I'm utilizing them, but I'm noticing that, like, just things weren't quite, like, fitting for them for different areas. But once I did the strength finder and I realized that, whoa, your number one is, is belief that, you know, it doesn't matter about the money. You're just here because you, this is what you believe in. And your number two is empathy. What does that mean? It means that you truly just care for people. Then what are you doing over here doing all the behind the scenes stuff? I want you out. I want you out loving on people. I want you out there finding that next person and say, you need to become part of our team because our team is awesome. Whatever that is, okay? And the, the biggest thing that happened, and I never would have thought about this, was I had to sit down, and I'm sitting down with Mary, I'm sitting down with the team, and I'm like, I'm just stuck. I don't know what to do. And this is where this whole thing changed. I'm going to throw out a position that we created that has, has been a huge life change for us. I know we talked about it in the first session, but... Um, Miriam's like, that's because you're trying to do all this yourself. You have way too much on your plate. This is not for you to do. Why don't we create a position called creative L&D? And I'm like, whoa, is that like labor and delivery? And she's like, no. Okay. So, but it's learning and development, creative learning and development. And what this person's sole responsibility is, is whenever we get on our connection cards, hey, yeah, I'm interested in being part of media or creative. Whenever someone comes up to us and says, hey, so-and-so over here has a pretty cool skill. Why don't you try checking with them? Then I connect my creative L&D with them. And this person, I mean, it's like instantaneous. I'm like, it has to be either Monday after that Sunday or whenever we find out, we're going to jump on that. And they call them up and they're like, hey, why don't you come out? Let's just have coffee. I just want to connect with you. Okay, wow. Okay, so now the person's first question wasn't, hey, what can you do for us? She's like, I just want to have coffee with you. He or she, it doesn't matter. I just want to have coffee with you. I want to hear a little bit more about your story. They come in. They sit down one-on-one. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about your passions. Tell me a little bit about what it is that, that where your heart is. What is it you want to do? Are you, you know, what does that look like for you? Wow, this person really cares about me? Okay, well, you know, I like this and this and this. That is amazing. You know what? We have some incredible places that we can fit you. And it may not even be in our creative department. I don't even care as long as we can connect them in the church, right? So then they talk through and they're like, hey, you know what? I tell you what, what if we start you out at, at video? What if we start you out at media? And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have our team leaders, which I have a leader for media who does all of our scheduling. I have a leader for lighting. I have a leader for video. I have a leader for different areas that we have. Those are our team leaders. And she's like, hey, I'm going to connect you with them, and they're going to talk to you, and we'll find out a time that we can fit you in here and get you shadowing, okay? So then they're like, oh, okay, okay. And then it's instant. That next, I mean, it's got to be quick. That person calls up, hey, I heard you're interested. We can't wait to get you on this team. We're going to have you come out. Oh, yeah, okay. And they 
they show up for shadowing, and I'm like, guys, we are going to love on this person like they have never been loved on in their entire life. And they walk in, and we're like, what's up? You're part of the team. What's going on? And I remember we had a new guy last week, and they all, like, <laughs> I think they were messing with him, and they were messing with Miriam. But they were like, hey, you need to say this to Miriam when she comes in. And the guy's like, all right, we were hazing him and everything. But, like, in a fun way, and he said something, and Miriam, being who she is, is laughing and had everybody laughing, and we're having a good old time. And you could just see this nervousness of, like, is this for me or whatever? Just start to melt away because, you know what? We connected him. He's part of our team, and we're going to take him in. No matter what that skill set is, everybody has a unique skill set, and we're going to find what that is, and we're going to place them in the right places. But we're going to show them that we care about them. We're going to show them that we value them by giving them the right equipment. We're going to show them that we value them because we're going to give them the right training of what that is. That's what we're going to do for them. So then they come in, and they shadow, and we talk to them. Hey, man, and if this doesn't work, that's okay. We're going to find somewhere else for you to go, but that's okay. And we'll try to fit them in the right place. And I remember we had a guy two weeks ago sit up there, and he's like, I remember the last church I went to, man. You know, I, 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 I really want to be part of this, and I love doing it, but it was so difficult every Sunday. I would be on a computer, and it froze every single week, and everybody would turn and stare at me, and it would just, it would just break my heart because I'm trying to do what God's called me to do, but everybody's looking at me, and it wasn't my fault, but everybody says it is, and no one said otherwise, and I, he's like, I got to the point where I did not want to go up there and do that anymore. And I'm like, and he's like, but I look around here and I see this great equipment and, and just how these people have treated me and how they, they said that they're not just going to throw me in, but we're, we're going to work you in and we're going to teach you and we're going to train you properly and we're going to make you feel valued and we're going to give you this opportunity. Because it, we all know, and this is what I struggle with in the beginning, I, I don't, I don't want to go and, and beg people. I don't want to beg people to be part of this team. And maybe I should just do it myself because I've always done it that way. And, you know, I can do it. And I'm just going to stress out. And that's fine. But I can just do it myself. And God really put on my heart. And this is just for me. But God put on my heart. And he's basically saying, you're going to stand before me someday. And you're going to be held accountable for that. And I'm like, whoa, what do you mean I'm going to be held accountable? He's like, the gifts that, that I am giving them, you are not allowing them to utilize that and bless our church family and to bless me. Because when they do that, you are taking away their blessing. And I'm like, whoa, you're, you're absolutely right, God. So I don't ever beg people to be part of this. I show them what an incredible team we have. I show them that how awesome it's going to be and that they're going to be valued and they're not going to be put down and all these different things. And I'm going to give them opportunity to give back to God because that's my role. My role is not to be the tech guy. My role is not to be anything. My role is to help create life-changing moments within my team. My role is to create environments that help create life-changing moments for the people of our church. Okay, that is my role. That is when I say, my dad's a pastor, my brother's a pastor, I am not a pastor. No, you know what? I am a pastor. And I realized that the first time one of my team came to me and said, hey, you know what? My brother-in-law just cheated on my sister, and I, I don't know what to do, and it's breaking my heart, and I'm just distracted, and I just, what can I do, pastor? I'm like, first off, I'm not a pastor. Hey, let me go talk to my brother, Conan, because he'll know what to say. Like, I was dumbfounded. Like, this isn't, what I, this isn't what I signed up to do. I was signed up to do all the tech work and work on Mac computers and make videos and stuff. But God's saying, no, you know what? Your role as a leader, now you have to shepherd. You have to love these people. You have to pour into them. You have to give up all those little things that you think it's okay for you to do. You have to pour into them. You have to raise your team. And let me tell you, when you, when you raise them and you teach them, and you trust them, they will step out, and they will do that. I noticed multiple times, even with Miriam, that I was holding her back, and I didn't realize it. And I come, well, I have to be the creative director, so I got to do all these things. And I'm trying to do the things that she is way better than me at. And I'm just like, and it, it was bad. It wasn't good. And to finally, I'm like, what am I doing? I need to step back. Miriam, you run with this. You run with this and make this what God has given you. You're incredible at these things. You know what? That's okay. I'm going to hand this off to someone because you know why? I trust you. I know you have my back because I have yours. Okay? And then I'm going to move over here and I'm going to love on this person. I'm going to raise them up. Oh, you know what? I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to hand that off. And then I'm going to hand this off. And it's hard, guys. It's hard, pastors. It's hard leaders to hand these things off. You know, I just met with a church uh, a few weeks ago and I had to sit down and you know, and the pastor was like, hey, I'm willing to move. I'm willing to move forward. I'm willing to make a change. I, I, I'm open for these kind of new things. I'm like, really? I said, are you willing to give up the Costco trip to buy the cleaning supplies for the church? Well, I like doing that kind of stuff. I know you like doing it, but is that what you need to be doing with your time? Well, I, I don't know. Are you okay to give up when people call in the church and you, and, and they want to rent the facility out? But, you know, you might make that decision, but you need to talk to them for an hour during the week to be able to just talk through, you know, monotonous things about renting a building out to someone. 
well, yeah, but I, I, no, that's not what I'm asking. Is that what you're called to do? I know I'm called to share the gospel and the vision that God has given me, and I'm there to pour into my team. I said that hour that you just wasted doing those kinds of things that anybody can do, maybe that's when you could be mentoring your team. Maybe that's when you could be pouring into your staff and saying, what can I do to help raise you guys up, and what can I do to, to help you raise up other people to take some of these things off your plate? You're not just a secretary. You're not just an admin. You're not just a youth pastor. That, that's not what you guys are. You guys are a leader of this church. And let me tell you guys, if you guys are outside and you guys do something stupid, they're going to look and say, well, that's what that church believes in. Whoa, that's huge responsibility, right? And I said, we went through, and I went through this team in the Strength Finder, and I'm like, these two strengths right here that you're not even utilizing because you're so focused on, I'm just the admin. I'm just the secretary. You are so much more than that. You guys got to see value in you. And I'm like, pastor, it's, it's up to you to pour into them and to protect them and love them and to add value to them and show them that they are more to that, to show them that they, they're not just running your books or they're not just doing secretarial work, but they're leaders in the church. And on Sunday, they need to be loving on people and they need to be talking to people and saying, how are you doing? What's going on? What can I pray with you for? I said, these are the mentoring things that you can be doing. I said, you have an incredible opportunity. Here's a, a new young youth pastor just starting out and him and his wife are just now getting into ministry. I'm like, this is an incredible opportunity for you to be pouring into them, for you to be doing these kind of things that they walk away like, he truly does care. He's teaching me these things that that would have been a hard lesson to learn. It's taking them out once a month for dinner and not talking about the church, but saying, you know what? I know you guys want to start a family. I know that you guys want to do this. And this is what it was like. This, it was tough. I had three boys in the ministry. And sometimes I work long hours. And this is how we dealt with these things. I said, that's invaluable. Why are we not pouring into the team that we have? And when we pour into that team, you can release. And then you know what you can do? You can dream. And you can be creative. And you can start to think, what has God called me to? What are the things that I can do that's going to change the way this church feels? The way this church fits? I don't have to go to Costco and get cleaning supplies. I don't have to be, you know, doing any of these other things again. Because I have people that I trust. I know that's going to do that. Because I poured into them. Because I'm mentoring them. And you know what? They have my back. If anybody comes up and says, hey, you know pastor said this? Uh-uh. We don't talk about our pastor that way. This is our pastor. This is our spiritual leader. That, that's, that's not how we do. But you know what? Hey, let's, let's go over there and let's talk about that. And what, what can we do to change the culture of our church? What can we do to change uh, the teams of our church and how our creative teams? So I, we're going to talk a little bit about um, how we at C3 kind of set up and, and run through some of our teams, how we walk through the week, uh, some of the things that we do for our events, and some of the things that we think about. Um, and then I'm going to have Dustin share a little bit about One Church, what they do, and then we'll just kind of start doing some Q&A stuff. And I really, really want you guys to get involved. I really want to hear some great questions, because if you don't ask them, I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to pinpoint each one of you guys out. I know how you love that. I might even ask you to stand up and pray. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Don't you hate when he used to do that? My dad used to do that to me all the time. So, um, so yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit about through the week and how we utilize our creative team, okay? And here's the beauty of what a creative team can look like. It is not all creatives, okay? It is not all, I hope I'm not taking all the stuff that you're going to say. <laughs> it is not all the same types of people, okay? Creative teams is made up of multiple people, okay? You can have your creative ADD people in there, but if that was all then nothing would get done. It would just be a whole bunch of crazy chaos, okay? But our creative team is made up of, okay, I, I bring certain people, and I'm like, I want you to focus on this one thing. This is what I want you to focus on. Nothing else. So when I'm throwing ideas out, when we're talking through messages, I want you to think about communication. I want you to be thinking about marketing. I want you to be thinking about social media strategies. I want you to be thinking how we can take, you know, these messages and these things, and I want you to, to think how we can, you know, best market us to take all this crazy stuff, and let's think about how we can do it on Facebook, Twitter, you know, what does the process look like, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what does that look like for um, graphics? What does that look like for whatever? I said, you over here, you are a preacher. You're a pastor. You're the most intentional person I've ever met in my entire life. You can, you know, you can take something. He might have not have the charisma or whatever. Oh, I'm not creative or I'm not a pastor. But, you know, this person just, they can take sentences and they can make them just weave in like a professional writer. You're just like, that's the most amazing way that I've ever heard that said. Or, or I might take this thing and how do we be intentional about um, making it with what our vision statement is? You know, loving people to life change. That's what our vision. So everything we do has to be based on loving people to life change. And how do we get pace? Okay, pace, I know we said first service or first session, but pace is three to five same gender people that come in a group and that meet, whether it's once a week, once a month or whatever, and you pray together, you hold each other accountable, you confess, or you're just authentic with each other, and you encourage each other. And that is the biggest thing. Everything we do is to push people to pace 
relationships is what we call them. So I have my own, and it's been absolutely incredible. I have guys that I can go to. I'm like, guys, this is what I'm struggling with, man. This, this is what's just on I me. Mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling financially. I, I'm struggling with this. I'm overworked. I'm, what are the, can you guys just pray? I know these guys got my back, and I know that they're going to pray with me and do all these things. So everything, how does pace fit into your message? How does pace fit in with what this is? How do our connect groups, and, you know, what does this look like, and how does the vision of our church fit with all these different things? Intentionality, I want you to be thinking that way. That's it. No, no way else. I just want you to be thinking that. And I'm over here. And, and uh, you know, creative side, what can we think for live event? Why? What does that look like for the flow of the service, our transitions? Okay, so when we come up with video ideas and we need social media strategies and we need uh, creative, like, intro videos and then what kind of illustrations can we use? That's just what I want you to think about. I don't want you to think about intentionality. I don't want you, I don't want you to think about this over here. I just... I want you to focus. I want you to focus on this right here, and that's it, and then we'll come back to you. And then I go over here. I just want you to take notes because I am terrible at writing notes. I want you to take all this chaos and all these things that we throw together, and I just want you to make, make it not chaotic. And at the end, when we hand out these things, I can read through this list, and it, it makes sense. To them, well, I'm not valued to be in a creative meeting. Absolutely, you're valuable. I wouldn't know how to do it. I would write all my notes and I'd look back and be like, mm-hmm, I don't even know what that says. I don't even have any idea. But we have people that we bring in, people that can do that. And we even have one person that they just love the Bible. They know every scripture inside and out. They just want to reference Bible scriptures and even everything. I want you in here because I want, when we're talking about these things, oh, you know what would be a great reference? would be that and that. So then when pastor comes in, he's not having to, to come up with the, the thing. You know, God might share, hey, man, I, I, I really want you to share on families, or I want you to share on joy, or I, I want you to share on whatever this might be. And he can come in, guys, I just really feel this is on my heart. You know, I, I have this, I have this vision, I have this, God has given me this, this word that I, how can we expand on this? And then we could sit down and we have each of these people thinking specifically on different areas, and then it's not on the pastor. And then he can just be like, and this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. And then we're like, yeah, what about this idea? What about this? And how can we tie this in? And how cool to be to tie it in like this and this and this? That's, that's a great idea. Why don't we start working this and working this together? So then, then the pastor can take all these notes and everything that we just had, and now it's intentional. It's, the intentionality is there for how are we going to get pace in this and connect, and how is this going to, you know, reach these people? And then let's think through the strategy of how this is going to happen, and man, we got to get this out soon because, you know, we need four weeks out for this to go out, and then three weeks for this to go out, and two weeks for this to go out because we want people to know about this message. We want to get this to our community. We want this going viral so that they can come and they can hear how God is going to bless them, how God is going to create life change in their hearts, right? These are all the things going through can you imagine the pastor having to do that week after week? And this is what you guys have been doing. How hard is that? We have to create these teams around us that can help take some of that load off that you trust, that you believe in, and you've, you've added value to them. But now what are they doing? They're adding value to you. And they're going to come in, and they're going to help you. And what about this? And what about that? Oh, man, we can do some amazing things with that. And you know what? Now that we're two months out, I can dream big. I can take this to a whole nother level. I can do this video that we didn't even have any time to do because we do our creative meetings on Tuesday afternoon, and then by Thursday, we're like, okay, I guess this is all I can come up with, and then Sunday, you're preaching it. Like, nobody can be creative under that kind of time frame, okay? So we try to think, I know right now at C3, and this has been the hardest transition for a lot of us, but we are like two and a half months out. We have two whole other sermon series already done. I have videos. I have countdown videos. I have all the stuff done for it. I even have the notes. Now, there might be some tweaks in the notes because pastor might think of something different or whatever like that. But I have all the different illustrations and things that we have already for that. And then he can tweak the little things. And then on Tuesday of that week, we can create the PowerPoint and do all that kind of stuff. That's fine. And whatever tweaks that he has. But we've already talked through it. We've already worked through all these different things. And now because of that, it's opened up a whole new avenue for us to be creative. So when we're th- now I can think about Easter. Now I can think about holidays. I can think about Christmas. I can think about all these different things that I, that I couldn't do before because we're already done. I mean, that's incredible. My whole week has opened up now. So now you know what I can do? I can call Miriam and say, hey, man, what can I do to help you? What can I pray with you for? Hey, Lois. Hey, you know, Dave Wetzel, man. Come on out, man. I want to take you out to lunch, man. I just want to hang out with you. And what's going on in your life? Now I'm able to pastor. Now I'm able to, to be creative and think through like I say, Easter and the things that we're doing. We're doing some crazy different things that we're doing for Easter because I've had time to think about it, because I've had time to bring in people and say, hey, we got two months out. I mean, we're doing a whole, like, four-week video series up into our extravaganza, which is a big... Um, 
marketing thing that we're doing, we're doing, we have over a thousand people come out, not from our church, okay? What an incredible way to market. I can spend all the money I want on doing mailers, and I can spend all the money I want doing whatever it is that's out there, but if I take that money, and I'm going to invest it into this event, and we're going to push everything we can into this event, because the next week is Easter. So why don't we make it all fit? How do we make that fit? What are the weeks, what are four weeks up to that, that I can create this bunny video that's leading up to our extravaganza that's getting people excited? And how do I make a strategy that's going to take this and work into Facebook and to get other people in our church excited and involved of like who did this and who did that and do whatever that is, do, you know, that strategy of what that can look like. And, and then what if we got, what if we did like off the Lego movie? Who's seen the Lego movie, right? I said, what if we created full-size Lego characters? I said, we need to focus on the kids because if we focus on the kids at extravaganza, then you know what? We're going to get their parents to come to our church because we're going to say, kids, man, we, you know, we're going to have Legos there. We're going to have a full-size Lego guy. We're going to be doing amazing different things. You guys need to come. And I have, I had t-shirts made, okay, that was like little Lego people that have our, our C3 t-shirts on it with our little logo on it. And on the back it says, everything is awesome. And I had 36 of them made. And I thought about who were the, the best 36 six people in our church that I know that just wants to love all people, that just wants to get excited people. I have a whole youth group coming. I got our children involved in it. I've got, I've got some of the people in our church that were blown away that I even asked them, you get the holy shirt. No, that's not holy, but you get the blessed shirt. Now I want you to go out there and I want you to get people excited about being here and I want you to invite them to our church on Sunday and let's, let's just get out there and show excitement and show that there are things happening with us. I would never have been able to do any of those things if I would have been stuck week after week just trying to connect and trying to do the things uh, that we've been doing. And let me tell you guys, this is all recent for us too. And we've changed that. And it's been very difficult. It's been very, very difficult for us. And I know, so we're months and months out. So now... On during the week, I get to bring Conan in, my pastor, on Tuesday, and I get to say, hey, we already have all this stuff out. Is there anything changing? What, what's going on? What's some new things? Hey, this is some of the ideas that we came up with, and this is the flow of the service that we see, and, and what do you like about this, and what can we do to make this a little bit better? And he's like, whoa, I, I, wow, this is incredible. I, I've, I've never had this opportunity to be able to, to think like this before. Yeah, yeah. And then on Thursday comes around. This is where it makes it a little bit tough for you guys, for you pastors out there, but you know what? We're going to bring you up, and you're going to preach it in front of us. <gasps> Now I got to preach it on Thursday. Yes, but let me tell you what this is going to do. Okay, when you get up there on Thursday, and it's going to be our connection pastor, and it's going to be our youth pastor, and it's going to be uh, our children's pastor, and it's going to be creative, and it's going to be our executive director, and we're going to sit there. And so you're going to preach your message that you've already done. It's already done, and we're going to see how you communicate it. Okay, so this does twofold. Number one, this gets you familiar with how you're going to do it. And I notice every time we do this, there's probably three things that you say. You're like, ooh, I probably shouldn't say that. I'm going to, or maybe I should say that a little bit different. So now they're going to preach this message in front of you. But now this is a mentoring opportunity for your pastors that are in your church. This is to show them how you communicate. This is to teach them and walk them through. This is, this is my notes, and this is how I learned how to create these notes. I mean, as pastors, who taught you guys how to even create notes? Like, who taught you how to, how to write all these things down that you can follow to preach off of? I'm still learning that. I haven't even looked at my notes yet. I need to. I'm all over the place. But, like, no one's ever taught us that. Like, how do you—we need to be mentored into that. And this is an incredible opportunity. Here's your youth pastor who's starting out in ministry. Here's your connection pastor who's dealing with people. Show them how you communicate. Show them why you communicate the way you do. At any point, we can raise our hand and say, hey, why'd you say that? Why, why this story? How does that relate to this? Hey, what about this? Yeah, hey, this is why I did this. This is why I did that. And so— not only are we getting mentored by a pastor, but I'm, we're also getting to see how he's going to preach it. He's becoming familiar. And then Sunday, the 930 service isn't him trying to just get through the service, you know, figuring out his notes and where he's going with it. And then the 1130 service is rock on. You know, this is now he gets to come out. 930 service gets to be amazing. And then 1130 service gets to be amazing. So just making little changes and using and valuing your team is going to change the whole way that you guys do this stuff. This is what we've experienced, okay? And whatever size church, it doesn't matter. It's finding those people. And if you're not the person to go out and find them, find a Rocco. Find a guy that's going to go out and that will talk and talk and talk, and they don't even have to say anything, but have him say, I want you to be looking for these kinds of people, and those are the ones I want you to send to me. And then they're going out, and they're looking for people. Man, you need to be part of this team. This is incredible. Oh, look at the gifts you have. You are amazing. Look at that drawing you did. you do graphics? Oh, we'd love to get you involved in our church. What? It's just like the Apple guy. Well, I just never knew you guys needed anything. Oh my goodness. I've been searching for you my whole life. So like, I need you guys to come. I want to, I want to pour into you and teach you how we do these things. So then I can step back and what can I do? I can pour more into my team and we can make my team even more valuable and I can give even more opportunity for people to come in. Does that make sense? All right. 
So I want to pass this on to Dustin. Dustin's going to share a little bit of how one church does it, and then we'll chat about a few things, and then we're going to open it up. So be thinking about questions. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just want to reiterate the point Josh was making about team dynamics and how important that is, important uh, to cover every single role. Think about like a basketball team. Uh, think about a basketball team that has five centers. All five players are just the big centers who just get rebounds. Who would dribble the ball? Who would shoot the threes? I mean, it's the same way if you had five point guards, you know, who would get all the rebounds. It's huge. Team dynamics. You have to be intentional when you're thinking about building a team, covering every single role. So asking yourself the question beforehand, what roles do I want to get covered? You know, what's the goal of this team? What's the end, the, the end goal? What, what do I need to have done? And so that's huge. I think that's really good that you said that. Um, another thing I touched on in the first session um, when it comes to uh, creative planning and service planning, whether you do sermon series, maybe you're here, you do three, four, five-week sermon series. Maybe you don't do series. You, just, you do a different message topic every week. You can never underestimate the value of preparation. Preparation is huge. And there's a little bit of that vibe, okay, well, if I prepare too much, you know, do I give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to move? And the reality is you do because when you plan ahead, when you prepare, you give God even more time to speak to you, even more time to move, and even in details rather than big picture. So I'll tell you what we do. Um, we do a road trip every fall, about four or five of us from the team, uh, to plan out the whole next one year of teaching and what we do is we take three days, we set it aside, it's completely long-term planning, and it can be as detailed as we want to do this teaching series, we want it to be five weeks long, we want this to be the name, we want this to be the text, or it could be as broad as, um, you know, for example, this past year, Greg came to us and said, I really feel like God is speaking to me, wants me to address the issue of homosexuality or address the issue of pornography, and I just want to talk about that. And so it could be as broad as that or as detailed as knowing every single thing that's going on. And so never underestimate the power of preparation. So when we do that in the fall, we plan the whole next year. So God has the time to work in Greg's mind and his heart with what he's speaking on and really speak to him about what, what, what's coming up in those, in those few months. And what we do is we come up, basically we call it a skeleton, and we put the meat and bones on later, but we have the skeleton. So never underestimate the power of preparation. That's huge. Um, the other thing I wanted to hit was uh, in regards to debriefing. We talked about last session, you know, the importance of debriefing after Sunday. And here's one really practical thing. Um, on Sunday when things go wrong or you have a dumpster fire or even if things are just a little bit off, take a note and write it down, whether it's in your phone or on a piece of paper or whatever, because chances are the next day, you know, Sundays are crazy, I'm sure. If you've, you've been in church, there's people everywhere. People are running around. You're going to forget things. So here's a practical note. Just write it down. Um, and number two, actually, let me share this. Um, in our debrief meeting on Mondays or Tuesdays, we usually do one of, the, one of those two days, um, we do this thing called what was good, what was bad, what was missing, and what was confusing. And so we all look through our notes that we took from Sunday, and uh, we go through, we start, and it's very intentional. We start with what was good first because it's important to be positive on the front end and get out in the open, you know, set the tone for the conversation, get out in the open, everything that went well. Hey, look, we had five salvations, or I met this brand new family, and they're awesome, they're totally you know, uh, new in town, want to connect with them, start off with the good, then hit the bad, missing, and confusing. And rather than keeping the exact, you know, details of that, it's just important. It, ju it, it helps keep the conversation going and gives you something to work off of. So that's something I wanted to share, good, bad, missing, confusing. Any questions on anything I just shared there? Any thoughts? Anybody? All right, I'll hand it over to Miriam. Hello. Good morning. Oh, afternoon. Excuse me. <clears throat> Three minutes. Um, I know. After 12, right? Um, so one big thing we do, and there's two people in the audience that are aware of this, is we debrief like crazy people at C3. And if I can suggest anything to you, and I might come over to Lance um, to talk about this um, a little bit because I helped out with Grab. Sorry. Just kidding. Reach conference. Um, is you have to find people you trust to tell you the truth. 
one. And two, which is the big swallow, is you have to listen and take it. So um, if you, some small ideas for debriefing is pick a friend who isn't saved and ask them to come to church and critique from the minute they get into the parking lot until the minute they left. How many people talked to them? How many people shook their hand? How they felt with the service flow? What was interesting? What was good? And what could you see do different? Don't say what's bad. What could we do better? And phrase it. Does two things. One, it gets them to church. And two, nobody tells the truth better than people that aren't saved, which is funny because it's one of the 10 suggestions. But normally, they're the ones that are going to give you the biggest truth. So I would definitely suggest doing that. In our church, we, um, our call time is 5.45 a.m. That's right, because we set up at a church. So we get in, and once we're at school, and um, once we're done setting up, we meet before we start practicing, and we go through the service. And we talk about not just what is next on the run sheet, but we talk about transitions. Okay, what mic is that going to be? How's that going to look? And then we go through the whole service as a practice. Our pastor comes up to test his mic and talks through the first couple of things he says. We don't do a chuck, chuck, because that's not how you talk when you talk. So um, we go through everybody, even the announcement person and how it flows. We start with the video to the very end. Um, uh, the sermon is the only thing we kind of cut short just to make sure that everything flows so we're ready for service. After first service, the key people that are the leaders, we meet um, in the green room and we talk about what we need to do different. And sometimes it's a big deal. Uh, we just did a flyer last week um, the, sorry, is this too soon? Is it, I'm going to share it. It's too soon, but our pastor didn't reference it. And we spent a lot of time and it looked adorable and people got it in the door and they didn't maybe connect with the reason why they needed to think about what was in the brochure when he was talking in the sermon. So Josh was able to talk to our pastor and say, Hey, when you're talking in your sermon, you did not talk about this brochure make sure for second service that they connect the reason why we're giving them something to take away and think of. So we do that with everything we do or all this transition was weird or that was the funniest joke alive. Make sure to make the fish this big for the next one. So um, that's a great thing. And then one thing, and I'm going to come over here, um, walking and talking, is um, we do a massive debrief and I do a what, what can we do better? And mine are <laughs> pretty detailed. Um, God's given me the ability to have a critical eye. I have to watch myself that it doesn't become a critical heart. But having people in your audience that have critical eyes is a really good thing because there are more than just one person, that person that sees things. So I helped out with reach, and I think you guys are aware. So the, when Josh was first hired, I gave him a 34-page Word document of some opportunities that we had <laughs> to make the creative experience better. But I helped out at reach. Is that correct, Matt? That is correct. And um, did you also, Josh made me do it, did you also get a debrief of what opportunities Reach had in the future? We asked for one, yes. It was um, two and a half pages, and were some, was it pretty, there were some areas and opportunities that, just share a little bit. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there were, there were some great suggestions. Uh, some of them were a little bit hard to swallow uh, because when you're doing an event, you, you tend to pride yourself on that event. And then when somebody critiques that event, it, sometimes it can be a, um, a hard pill to swallow when you put the time and investment in it. But they were all spot on in, in adjustments that we needed to make in order to, to expand and grow for the future. Um, I enjoyed it because I'm the same way. I like to pick things apart and, and see what we can do to Im improve. And so what, as long as it's approached in the right way uh, of saying, hey, here's, here's not everything you did wrong, but here's how you can get better, uh, it makes a huge world of difference. So it was, it was a valuable piece for us going forward. Thanks. Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but um, what, what we really try to do at C3 and what um, Josh has given me the ability and capacity to do is look at ways that we can impact people by removing distractions. And those are issues. Um, so those of you that were in the room the first time, the set, we debriefed after this together about what Josh could do better and how he could impact you better, how to deal with what we were gonna talk about today um, if people were in the room twice versus just once to make sure that what we did was better. There was a mic stand here and it was awkward, but I didn't wanna move it while Josh was talking, so I waited until after the session and then we moved it. We moved this a little bit and we talked about what we needed to do for this session. Um, you're never perfect. God's pretty clear in the Bible. <laughs> We're not perfect. So to have people around you that can look at things and tweak things like that is important. 
and it shouldn't be seen. And Josh knows. Josh is amazing. I consider Josh my brother. We make fun of each other like we're related. <laughs> we, we really do. And I, my job is to cover him. My job is not to expose what we did wrong to the public. My job is to cover it so that people experience life change. And Josh knows he's not alone. He's got a team. So when we did have the three dumpster fires, Josh didn't have to run up to the control room. There are 57 stairs. So that's cardio. I wouldn't do that to him. We were able to fix it while he was fixing something else that went wrong in the kids department. So if you don't have those people, you kind of know those people in your church that are super detailed, that are super sometimes fun to be around and sometimes to just talk about taxes. <laughs> but um, there are people in, that you know of that if you build a relationship with, that they can right now in your church help you with that. How many of you here are pastors? Okay. How many of you in here um, are volunteers? Okay. So um, it's important to, as pastors, to, to find those people that you can trust. And volunteers, it's important to be trustworthy. So just because you don't get paid doesn't mean you're not accountable. Your paycheck is from God. That's way more important than whatever you get on your 1040. So your pastor, if, if, they, if you don't think you have a relationship where you can talk to your pastor like that, then you have to ask, have you done something to make yourself untrustworthy and making sure that you're accountable for what you do? I serve at our church about 25 hours a week, and I travel for my job, and I work full time, and I consider it an honor. I consider my job paying to be able to, to serve with Josh because we really, we really work well together because we trust each other. And because when we talk to each other, it isn't out of, what are you wearing? Because I know he doesn't like my skinny jeans. He thinks I'm a hipster. And I'm like, come on, just try them. You'll like them. And he won't ever try them. And I said the first row, he hunts for his food. I go to Kroger. We're totally different, but we work really well together because we respect each other. And that's kind of, so I know that was a long diatribe about debriefing, but you have to debrief and you have to make every service better than the last one. If you think your service in 1998 was the best service ever, you have a problem, truthfully. Like if that's the pinnacle, if you don't think you have anything to improve on, then you need to get different people around you, like maybe me or whatever, and they'll tell you <laughs> the areas of improvement that you need. Any questions on debriefing or how we kind of do it at C3? Yep. Yeah, in between services, it's really quick. It's only the things that are deal breakers where we feel like it's a salvation issue or it's something that really needs to be done, like with the brochure. Um, my phone's over there, but I take notes. Uh, I'm up in the box uh, in the control room. So we, it seats 750, and the, um, the box is up at the top. So I have an eagle's perspective on things. So sometimes it sounds really bad, like terrible up in the box, but it is amazing down in the front. So we take notes in the various areas that we're in, and we only address things that have to be done. Now, what I send for a debrief is <laughs> in love is between 30 and 70 things every week that we could potentially do better at. And um, they're pretty pointed with mild humor in it as well. Like, good luck with that. We have the screen issue, and it's just like this part of the screen, and we can never fix it. <laughs> we will. We will. But it helps to have one person that keeps all of the details, and then I send it to the creative director and his admin so that they have it in one area. And then when they do the debrief, they go through what costs money to change, um, who would cry if we told them that. Because some of the things are relationship issues. We had a couple people that when they played, they just had a very bad attitude. And we've had some issues where we have to say, it's better not to have that player on the stage and missing that instrument than have somebody looking like they just ate Sour Patch Kids and kind of, you know, a little bit cranky pants. And there are things like that. I would never, ever send that to anyone but Josh because Josh handles things so well with relationships. And so we really, that's a long way to say, we really look at what's deal breaker and what isn't goes on the list and then we deal with it afterwards. Did you have a question? Um, Oh, the, or, uh, how are our debriefs handled online or in person? We do in person. Everybody knows once we're done, we clap it out and everybody leaves. We go behind the stage to the green room for in-between services. And then for any feedback, we email it to Josh. And then Josh takes the feedback from various areas. And then we, um, he groups back and, and kind of talks to what needs to be changed. 
You would be amazed at the list of the things that you would see that you didn't even realize were happening. My friend who also was at Hillsong, who lives about a couple hours away, she came in and she had this massive list of things. And I was expecting like one or two things. And I was like, whoa. She's like, it was a great service. And then she emailed me and I'm like, I thought you said you liked it. (laughs) But she had some excellent points on things that we didn't, we weren't thinking of. Did you have a question? Mm-hmm. Yep. We would never, I would never put anything other than if there was an attitude issue on that. It, it's all things about like the, the song wasn't in pro presenter. There are things that can make the service better. Relationship issues, I have to say, our church really doesn't have because we, we deal with everything when it happens. We live on a steady diet of trust and mockery. So we're, we're just, we're very fortunate in that regard, but we would never deal with relationship issues. And I would never tell my pastor that was not a good sermon. I think there are aspects from a creative eye that we can say maybe this story or that story didn't go well, but we would never, ever give that feedback to him because that's God's job. Yeah. Yep. It was a very, that's an amazing question. The question is, how do you turn a critical eye off? The answer is not really easily. For a while, I was going to a Saturday night service somewhere else when I first started at C3, and they asked me to do this because I struggled with that. Because I just sometimes just wanted to, you know, sing a good power ballad and take some notes and have like a service experience. And it's hard. Um, I close my eyes during worship so I don't see anything. That's the way that I do it to be able to, but it is hard, especially when you serve because you see it everywhere. But um, I, that's the, the, the biggest thing that I would say is that I do, sometimes I do some things to me. So when my phone goes in my back pocket, I'm in like critical eye mode. And then when it's not in my back pocket, I just kind of relax. That is, that's a very good question. That's hard. <laughs> Any other questions? Yep. All the time. It's totally worth it. The only way that you can get to that dream phase of, oh, hey, that person looks good, is if you've got your stuff kind of in order, which is why planning is so important. And they make fun of me because they call me zombie apocalypse planner because I do plan for the end of the world because if it doesn't happen, you have extra bottled water. So, like, to me, there's no bad part of being super plan But, yes... So we, we were able to set some time up with our pastor for five hours, and we were able to, to storyboard months ahead of time with the key people that we needed. So now we can have a good time. So at first it was a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It was like, we want to do this, and it's going to be so funny. And, and it was just ball of flames because we couldn't execute it well, or the idea didn't end up in the, in the strategy didn't end up executing the same So my biggest thing is clean up where you are first, and then you have that time. And if you find someone in the meantime that's amazing, um, how can you build relationships with them so that when it is time, you can bring them in? Or like I play a little piano and I sing a little, but my heart is organizing chaos. I love it. It's like CSI. It's just great. My brain just loves it. It starts smoking when it's like I can have fun and do that. So I'm able to look at situations differently, and Josh has given me the ability to no longer make postcards and do stuff that I'm just kind of meh at, but I can really help on facilitating and building relationships and service producing during a service. So if there's not a space for them, what else are they good at that you can kind of plug them in as a placeholder or talk to them to say, hey, we love what you do. We don't have a space for you now. How can we build this gap from where you are to where we want to be and where you want to be? because I want to be president of the world, but whatever. That job isn't available yet. I'm going to make it. I'll plan for it. No, just kidding. Any other questions? Yep. Oh, great question. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. I'll yep. So the question was resources. So I'll start and we'll just go down the list. So lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com teaches you everything from how to hold a camera to how to shoot video, to how to edit video, to how to create a postcard. It's $25 a month. My father's an accountant. When I need something, I sign up and then I cancel my subscription once I'm done learning. Um, so lynda.com is a great resource to teach your people. And this is a great, if you don't have a lot of money, you can, you can do this for your say, hey, I love what you do. Learn a little bit this month. We've paid for it for a whole month. That's a great way to pay back the people that are serving for free. Lynda.com is great. Creative Cow is also very similar that does things like that. We do use Creation Swap. Um, we also use, um, oh gosh, um, resources. I'll give it in a minute, but books to read. If you don't know Phil Cook, C-O-O-K-E. He's amazing about creativity. He lives in Hollywood, been a Christian his whole life, how to use creative and media for, for good instead of evil. <laughs> Kem Meyer, if you need help organizing or if you need to know you're not alone in the organizing life, K-E-M Meyer is like my hero. She's adorable and she loves spreadsheets. This woman is amazing. She's on podcasts. She does Seeds Conference. You've got, if, you, if you're looking for a way to organize your life and understand at your church how to organize things and what's the win and what you do from services to events, you've got to read her. She's amazing. Um, uh, I'm going to give it over to you guys on what you use. Yeah, you mentioned church stage designs, Lance. That's huge. Um, we look at that a lot. One, one thing kind of note to go along with that is when you're looking at other churches' stage designs and, you know, a lot of them are huge and maybe completely out of the picture um, for you, train yourself to think about concepts rather than the exact ideas. There may be things you can grab um, without doing the exact whole project exactly like you see it. Think about concepts. Maybe there's something really small that you can grab um, that apply to your situation. That could be really, really good and really powerful. Yeah, it's uh, churchstagedesignideas.com. So just churchstagedesignideas.com. We go there a lot. Uh, yeah, they, and they tr it's all the different churches throughout the country or world, I think. And they, you know, They'll create a stage design. They'll take pictures. They'll, they'll say what equipment, you know, exactly what type of material they use, and they put it on there. So you can pretty much remake it yourself. And we've done. I mean, that's how we did the reach stage design was uh, off that too. So, what, what? so uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, those are, yeah, those are definitely some basic ones that we use. Um, the video. Video Hive. That's Video Hive. There's uh, VideoHive.com is one. Now, this is one if you have certain, like, um, we do uh, Adobe Creative Suite, so we use Premiere and we use After Effects and stuff like that. And that's something that if you find a creative guy that do you do Lynda.com and teach them how to do it, VideoHive.com is where you can buy templates. So then, I didn't even know how to work After Effects, but I can go in there and pay $10 and buy a, a really cool, like, 10-second intro template or 30-second intro template that then I can just throw in my words and maybe a few pictures, and then I have a whole, like, intro video for my sermon. So that's really, really easy to do, and they give you some really, really neat stuff, and it's always updated. So videohive.com is a good one. Um, yeah, and the biggest one is, like, and that's what I think she was saying is, is, like, think outside the box a little bit, too. And think about the feel of what you're really going for. Just because it looks cool doesn't mean you should use it. And that's where I think we get a lot of people where we're just like, oh, this is really cool, man. Oh, that's really cool. And then that's really cool. And then you just bring it all together, and it's a bunch of chaos. And you're like, it doesn't flow. It doesn't match anything. You know, what is the pastor speaking on? What's the feel of the service? What's this going to look like? And then I'm going to think through, you know, what kind of illustrations, what kind of life change videos am I going to use? You know, is this super heartfelt of what this is? Or is this, you know what, because of the blessed life book and because of that sermon, I started paying tithes and God's blessed my finances crazy. Is it, you know, I lost my parents to this, and you know what? But because God came into my heart, you know, I'm able to be the parent to my children. Like, it, you know, so go with what feel that is, and then look at the resources that you have. So I could stand up here all day, give you guys tons of resources for what you guys want, and then, but if you guys don't think differently, if you don't start to think through the process, like the whole, what the flow of the service is and the transitions between those, we use a video intro, not because we think it's cool. We use a video intro because there's a transition to get the 
band off the stage to get pastor up on stage, okay? And it's awkward. And here's the thing that we learned. We came from a church uh, of, that sat 400. Now we're in a multi-million dollar like auditorium, school, fine arts center, stadium seating, massive stage, right? We have like LED curtains with three screens, all stuff. But we notice when things are not right. Like it is such an eyesore now if someone's not prepared. If the band isn't prepared, if Pastor Conan comes out and he wasn't prepared for something, if the videos weren't good, like it jumps out at you where we used to be able to get away with it. So like even think about that too. As you guys grow, like these things happen. You have to be more prepared or it's going to show. And it was just like, well, I guess they didn't put time in that. I guess they didn't care enough about me being my first time at church that they didn't invest their time in practicing or, you know, making sure that the video is good or think through their, you know, the, the transitions of transitioning from video to announcements to welcome to, you know, whatever that is, communion, all those different things. It should have a flow to it that doesn't distract. It should have a flow to it that people are like, I, you know, I didn't even notice that stuff was going on. It was just like boom, 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 and the intro videos and the lights and everything like that. So whatever you guys use, it doesn't have to be fancy lights. It doesn't have to be fancy anything. It's just, it's just thinking through when's the next person going up on stage and where are they? They should not walk from the back of the church to walk up there and hello, check, check. Yeah, I'd like to say, like, that's not okay. Like that totally distracts. It cuts everything off and they're like, well, I guess they didn't care enough to practice that. So those are the little things. We do a full run through because in our old church, we didn't do that. We didn't have to. We probably should have. In our new church, if we don't do a run-through, it's chaos, that first service. And then we're going back there like, okay, that didn't work. What do we got to do to fix it? Instead of saying, hey, let's walk through this. Let's talk through this and those kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, I know I kind of banked off the, the resources or whatever. Uh, a couple other resources that we use, um, I know we went on the last session was uh, Planning Center planningcenteronline.com, I think it is. And dude, that is our life and blood. Everything we do from uh, the run sheet of our service minute by minute to all the notes that we would have in it from lighting to, uh, to band to sound, everybody, they can go on there at any point online during the week and they'll see how we have the service laid out. And then it'll also be where you can confirm and check or unconfirm. Hey, are you going to be able to fill in for this this week? They get an e you can send mass emails out to everybody that's on that, and then they can check and say, yes, I'm confirmed. And you can go on and say, okay, phew, I don't have to worry about that. So it is a great, great place uh, that we use for everything. I mean, you can, we can add uh, music to it. You can change keys on the music for people. Like, hey, bass player, here's this song, with, and we change the key to D because that's what we're playing in. And, I mean, there's so many things you can, uh, you know, you can place videos on there. Hey, we're doing this. Uh, New song from Hillsong. Watch the YouTube video. I need you guys to learn this. So there's so many things that you can do with Planning Center, which is really cool. Um, we, we use ProPresenter. There is a lot of um, worship software out there. And I recommend if you guys are just using PowerPoint or if you're just using Keynote, it is difficult to like transition to like video or it's transition to, you know, other different things if it's not all in one. I totally recommend uh, ProPresenter or Easy Worship is a good one or Media Shout. It doesn't matter. They're all just tools. It's all in how you know them. I know ProPresenter is for both PC and Mac. Um, the rest are all just PC. And it doesn't matter. I'm a Mac guy. I love ProPresenter. But you guys can use whatever. But it's a great place because you could be in the middle of changing stuff, and you can go back and make changes on things without affecting what's on the screen. And that's really big for us. So, like, if something happens and, oh, no, that PowerPoint, you know, the, the word's misspelled, I can go change it and re-input it back in ProPresenter without it being affected what's on the screen. So that's really cool for us. Uh, the last one we use, thanks to the Ohio uh, Youth team over there, Matt, we use Basecamp. And Basecamp has been really kind of cool for us, even internally as a team, where I can sit down with the executive pastor, director, and I can say, and we can walk through a bunch of things that I need to do personally, that he gets it to his admin, and then she shares this document with me. And you can share it with multiple people in the office, and it becomes a task list. And it could be, you know, people at online at any point, it could be updated by one person at any point. So, you know, Matt could be like, hey, we're all part of the REACH team, and we've all been asked to join to this one base camp document that, that we can keep updating. So when I update it, they all get updated. So then when, I when they create this task list for me and I click check, it automatically goes back to them that I got that checklist done so they don't have to ever ask again. So Basecamp has been kind of a really kind of neat tool for us um, that, that's kind of helped clear up a, a lot of things for us, I guess. So what do you guys have? Anything else? I know we got about five minutes left. Um, where are we at? Yeah. The, the biggest thing that I want you guys to think about, too, is, um, and I, I said this first session, but, like, your touch points in your church, okay? So, as a pastor, like, send someone in to look through that. Because, you know, my job is to create 
my whole responsibility is to create environments for people to experience life change. But there are nine different touch points before someone gets to sit in a message to hear the pastor speak for us. Okay? So a touch point is when they drive up to the parking lot, what is it chaos? If the parking lot is chaos, they don't want to come. They're going to turn around and go home. And we've had people do that when our parking lot wasn't big enough. You know? So we make sure that we have people out there to help direct traffic. The next touch point is when they come to the front doors. Are there people smiling as they open the door, shaking their hands? Or are they just talking to their friends when they're coming in? That's a touch point. There's a next touch point could be your kids checking. Are the kids screaming when they they go into your kids' class because it's not very good? Or is the people up there like, oh, we're going to take your crazy kids? Like, that's stressful. When you see, you know, a single mother dragging three kids in, we have no idea what they just went through. And if we're not open and if we don't love them and we don't share with them, they don't ever want to come back and I don't blame them. So what's that touch point? Your next touch point might be your coffee. Is your coffee hot or is it, uh, you know, we did it at 6 a.m. and by 9 o'clock it's cold, but that's the only time I wanted to, you know, I could do it. Like, that's not okay. You know, whatever you guys put out there, think about that. That's a touch point when someone comes in. I guess they didn't care enough about me and their coffee's not hot. You know, when they walk into the sanctuary, that's when it becomes my area. Are they smiling when they come in? The graphics that I give them, is it clear and concise? Or is it just clip art that I pulled off online? Like, I didn't put any effort to it. I guess they don't care. They didn't put any effort into this. You know, is it the next touch point when they sit down and the band starts playing and they're all off key and you could tell that they didn't practice. They might be great musicians, but they're not together. Like, I guess they didn't care. They didn't practice on that night. Like, that's a touch point. By the time the pastor gets up to speak, these people are like, this is a joke, man. This is crazy. His microphone wasn't even on when he came out. These people care about nothing. So why do they care about me and my life? What is this Jesus if this is all they care about? Like, these are the things that go on. Because every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. Every single Sunday. So when they walk in that door, this could be their first and last. So did we put the time into it? Did I put the effort into it that God has called me to do? Did I invest in my team that they're going to go do the best job that they can? And if I didn't, that's on me, and I'm going to be, I'm going to have to stand before God someday. I have to look at it that way, because when I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and I don't want to go in, I got to think about, no way, man, this is going to be someone's first time, and I got to make sure that this thing is, is on, you know? And it's cool, like, I'm sitting in the audience, this was, this happened last weekend. We have a, one of our worship leaders is a rocker, and I'm sitting there, and the Saturday night before, I said, hey, bro, I cannot wait to hear you rock it out on, on Sunday, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the environment you're going to bring with this. And he's like, man, thanks so much. And you could just tell there was a different spirit when he got there. I'm like, there's a new drummer that we're trying out. He was incredible. And, dude, they were doing stuff that I'm like, this is awesome. Like, they just opened up, and, like, God was using them. And I watched this new guy I'd never seen before, and he had, like, a faux hawk with a beanie. He's all black, and he had, like, black leather with chains. You could tell he was, like, a musician, and he was like, standing with his arms crossed when the band started. And then all of a sudden, the band started doing some pretty cool stuff and rocking out. And he's like, you know, singing different songs, everlasting, you know, going to this thing. And the guy's like, arms dropped a little bit, you know. He's looking around, make sure no one's looking at him. And then you could just see this wall caving down. You could just see him. As something as simple as this guy getting up there and like doing some really neat stuff, but you could tell they practiced. And because of that one incident, this person, you could see the, the face. You could see his whole face countenance change. And then he was open for when pastor got up there to speak the message of God. Okay, okay. I don't know if he got saved. I have no idea. But I know that that right there changed the way that he did those things. It was incredible. So when I get up in front of my team each week and I say, guys, listen. And I try to make a point of this now. Guys, last week we had eight people give their hearts to Christ. Guys, last week two more people gave their hearts to Christ. This is why we do what we do. This is what we got to do. So we got to think about all these things. This one thing, if you screw up, it could be a huge domino effect that's going to affect everybody. So we just got to be thinking of those things. So 